Cool. I mean, we're not live. It's we're 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 live to you and me, but yeah, no one needs no one needs to know the background crap that goes into this. Fair. There's like times where I will like I'll break like the the audio file and I'll like nudge over me just rambling. Be like, I think me stammering between um and like, if there was like only two seconds of delay, it would have been way better. <laughs> You're bad at talking, Adam. Way to start a podcast. So the weirdest thing about this is like looking at the video of myself. Yeah. And like especially with glasses on, like you probably don't have to worry about this, but it's just like I can't see my own eyes. I I can see that you can't I can't see your eyes either. I know. I did one I did one Zoom meeting with glasses and it was terrible. But I think it was like a company meeting where there was like 11 of us on. And I can't not be myself. So I just have I have dumb remarks <laughs> for any anyone saying anything. I have a comment for. But the problem with that is is that in person I can only say it to who I want to hear it. And then they chuckle and the meeting goes on. But when I say my dumb remarks to everybody, I show up on their <laughs> screen as me me talking, even though it was only intended for two people. I then found out that I could type individually to other people, oh, which okay. makes it better. Yeah. Role I was going to say, that's, a, that's the best best part about doing employee meetings is it's just like, I'm just going to talk to my buddies well. Mm-hmm. You you know it's like it's like being in grade school again. <laughs> when times were simple, I've been uh, I've been hanging out at the uh, the elementary school that I went to because their parking lot's secluded and I can skateboard there without anybody seeing how terrible I am at it. Nice. Except for there's this like old lady, not old, but older lady who will like walk the incline of the parking lot during the week, like in the evenings. And I was just like, I'll stick to the other side of the parking lot and I don't want a board to go flying and like hurt her and I don't want to like be in her way. But she like made right. a beeline for me the other day. And I was like, what What did I do? I, like I wasn't having a good day. So I was kind of standoffish mentally. Like I'm mentally prepared to have to be a dick to this lady. Right. And then she's like, I just want you to know that I see you out here all the time and uh, that looks really complicated and I respect that uh, you're doing it and you look cool doing it. And I was like, thank you and then i hit <laughs> i like pushed away and there was a giant pebble and it caught my wheel and i ate it Ooh, yeah immediately afterwards uh, yeah and i was like this is the universe uh correcting my initial reaction of to be standoffish to this lady that's exactly what just happened yeah it does that all the time so, so how you been okay yeah now same <laughs> I thought the first four weeks of this were were nice. I was like, oh, this is like I can I can focus on whatever. So like then I started this to keep it busy and like so the first week was weird. The second week was kind of normal and then you know I got busy with the podcast and I was like, I'm just gonna focus on this and focus on some other stuff. So weeks like two through six were fine. And then week seven through last week I was like flat out like depressed the entire time. Oh yeah, time. dude. That's I mean it's <laughs> it sounds weird to say, but that like kind of makes me feel better cuz that's exactly how I was cuz it, yeah. it it was like 
you know, like weeks two to six, I was like, I'm just going to hammer stuff out. Like I ended mm-hmm. up recording like three albums or something like that. Okay. And like, they're not like, you know, it's not like I went and did this like incredible album, but it's just like, you know, it's like one minute songs and stuff like that. And then right. eventually I was just like, I don't know. I don't feel like doing anything anymore. So now I've just been playing the show. But, okay. Uh, <laughs> nice. I, I've watched, yeah. I have watched every single comedy movie that I have liked throughout my life already wow and i'm surprised that only there's only been like four movies that didn't hold up and one of one of them was expected to not hold up so i I was like okay this is nice but it got to the point that i literally watched 10 things i hate about you on tv last night (laughs) i'm like you know what this is a solid rom-com or a teenage romance movie it's it good Heath Ledger killed it so I'm probably gonna watch Batman tonight to continue I'll just like jump jump on the Heath Ledger train for a little bit yeah why not been um, on the uh into the Spider-Verse okay bandwagon that saw that for like the third time right. <laughs> I'm not really a comic book guy nor have I ever really been so I'm so out of touch with the Marvel and all of that it's it's just a good movie in general, to be okay. completely honest. Like, uh, I mean, I grew up like a huge, huge Spider-Man fan. Okay. But you don't necessarily have to be to love this movie, you know? I think I watched one of them. I saw the one was like, was Michael Keaton like a the bad guy? Who's Michael Keaton? He was, um, he was the original Batman. And he was mm-hmm. Sergeant Gene or Captain Gene in uh, the other guys. Okay. I don't know. It was I've one of the, the new- other guys. I know who you're talking about. It was one of the newer ones. No, it's uh, it's the cartoon. It's the one that's. Uh, oh, okay. It's like a super trippy animated cartoon. Never and- mind then. I am mistaken. Yeah, ten out of ten though. Ten out of ten. Okay. I will, I guess, add it to the list. I did watch the interview at like I started it at like one in the morning. I was just watching a a Ronnie Chang stand up where he was talking about the interview. Um, oh. I don't know if you've ever seen Ronnie Chang. No, but, uh, he does some work on the Daily Show. Okay, but uh, he's like his stand up is where it's at. He's got a Netflix special that's worth checking out. All right, yeah, I'm more um, of a stand up guy than I am a movie guy. Me too. All right, nice. Well, this is cool. I wanted to do this because you and I have like, we run into each other at gigs all the time, but we've never really like sat down and had a conversation. That's true. I think like we usually, uh, usually when we do, um, one or both of us is not sober. So yeah, well, I have, (laughs) I have not been drinking a lot this year. Same here. I think everybody should kind of should kind of do that because it's like it's I feel like it's really easy to get into like a down spiral. Yeah. If you do. And I've talked about this on like almost every episode, but like I went into the new year. So like January 1st, I was like, I'm going to go a month because I don't think since I've been allowed to consume alcohol or even really since I like started consuming alcohol, I don't think I've ever gone more than a month without having like a drink. Yeah. So I carried on through all of January and then... That carried through February. And I think I like I did like I had a really impressive like nerd audio live moment where the day should have been a complete disaster. 
I was like, I'm gonna, I, I deserve a victory beer. And then I had it and I was like, I feel way worse than I did not. <laughs> yeah. I, sh- I should have not done this. That's, I've been having the same thing. And it's just like, I went like two months without a drink or something. And I was like, I'm going to reward myself. And then it's like, once you don't have it and then you have it again, you're just like, man, this isn't as good as I remember it being. Yeah. And I, yeah, it's just like, it just out of like nowhere, it just started like, really being truly a depressant yeah i was like okay this is just gonna stop so it's been nice though it's been nice (laughs) time out all good huh (laughs) um i'm doing a thing right now but i'll be upstairs pretty soon oh you're ordering just pepperoni Nah, just straight up. Yep, thank you. Sorry about that. All good. Sometimes the phone... Plans. Oh, I get it. Sometimes the phone that is uh, on the other side of the wall of my little work area, it's like an old school like rotary phone, and it's loud. So usually, like every other episode, it rings in the middle of it. So it's nice. not... That makes me feel better. This isn't a hot take clip based program it's two guys talking on the internet like it keep it real true i had like one guest on uh my buddy mike slasky who plays guitar in a band he's like there is a chance that my son will like come in the room as like i think his kid's like three or four <laughs> and i was like that's awesome like it, sh- it shows the <laughs> real so the non-glamorous side of things which is it was nice it was a nice touch So, yeah, I'm glad to hear, one, that you seem to be doing okay now, but I'm, I'm also happy that I'm not the only one who hit the the down spiral yeah. a little bit mentally. It, it, it kind of makes me feel like, like, just the fact that you said that, it's like, I mean, you know, like the, the collective mindset, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And, uh, like, it's, it's very possible that, like, on a, like a big mass scale, that's kind of like what's going on, and... uh I don't necessarily have an answer, but neither do you I. You know, you're not you're not alone. No, so. everyone for the most part was in is in the same boat. So, especially like me, it just sucked because it's like my, you know, my line of work is putting on and participating in live events. So yeah. it's kind of hard to have that when the public is canceled. Right. So it is nice that uh, some people are going to do the outside stuff. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I definitely would say uh, I haven't gotten a chance to go out to any yet. I know, uh, what is it, Three Hogs? Three Hogs is doing some. Um, Plowman's is doing some outside events um, on the square. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're like doing open mic again oh, that's outside, good. which is like, yeah, that's really good. I feel like that's going to be super beneficial. I drove through town today and get, I drove through Gettysburg today to get to AMP. And it was very busy in the really? square. Yeah, because for a while there, it was like you would go through the square and there would be no one. Yeah, the, the last couple times I went down, nobody was there. So, yeah, it's it's. I I guess it's good that things are opening up. I, I don't know enough about what... I think so. I've had the news turned off because I think that's just like the best thing for mental health. I basically get my news from other people, but it's always biased, you know, because there's oh, yeah. some people that are 
some people that are still freaking out, some people that just don't give a shit mm -hmm. and yeah, you know, on both sides and it's like you never know like what information is good. Yeah. That's like part of the whole thing, but yeah, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Dude, it was like the second weekend of the of the imposed like quarantine, so like March 20 something and we went to my grandmother's house for dinner and she had the news on and it was on for like 20 minutes. I was like, I'm going to have an anxiety attack. And I really am not one to like ever get them. Right. Especially not at grandma's. Yeah, no. But just like <laughs> watching the news, it was just like, all right, this is bad. So yeah, I'm I I'm taking a social media break and so I don't really know what's going on other than what I have to do. So I don't know. Black Lives Matter. That's there's I, that. Yep, that and, I I yep. was off social media for a little bit, and I logged on, and then the, saw that the just the entire world was burning. Uh, well, it it, it yes and no. Um, no, I think we'll see. I, I feel I feel like we are on an upswing right now. To oh, be for honest. sure. Like yeah. it, it's it, it definitely feels like all together we're we're starting to starting to get into a more positive mindset, a more yeah. community driven mindset where we're where we really feel a lot less isolated and uh you know we have goals yeah. and we have purpose and cuz i i try to not get super you know i try to avoid the big three no-nos of conversation on this podcast but i feel yeah. because that there's no distraction it's that will ensure that the the changes the positive changes that people that everybody wants to see because I think collectively, with the exception of, you know, the, outli a, yeah, the, the outliers. There's a, there's a few. Yeah, there's, that's a good word for it. The few, the few uh, cracked eggs in the whatever that foam thing is, container. Yeah. And there's always one bad pickle in the jar. With the exception of those, every, you know, the changes that every logical human wants to see, I think, will happen because there's no distraction so everyone can put their right. effort on this because you know it's super easy to be like you know a, a, this atrocity happened like well yeah but like there's also hockey playoffs and basketball playoffs yeah. and baseball season just started and blah yeah, blah and blah. i gotta go to work tomorrow yeah. and it's like now you don't and now there's no sports and it's just like you don't have any choice but to pay attention and uh take a step back and be like side. okay and, yeah so Yes, I think from I, I view everything like a pendulum, you know, it's going to swing really far one way and every, like that entire ride. So we'll call it, you know, quarantine and the the social issues that are going on. Like it, it went way far in the bad. And now it feels like we're we're not center yet, but it's swinging back. So then it'll swing positive for a bit and everything will be great and everyone will be riding, you know, a, a, a positive wave and then it'll slowly start to. Yeah. You know, and then we'll get back to our normal yeah. anxiety-driven lifestyles. Yeah, I don't love it. <laughs> I just want to play a show. I want to mix a show. Yeah, shows were cool. We would see each other at show. We would see each other at shows, and it was nice. Yeah, and that's where like most of my, you know, most of my friend group has come from. Has been like you know doing live shows and stuff because it's mm -hmm. like. 
you know, and you too, I'm sure, like, we have a whole bunch of the same mutual friends, and it's like, we're all yeah. into the same stuff, you know, and um, can't wait to get back to it. Yeah, it's going to be, I mean, selfishly, just because I have the new band in the works, like, when that finally debuts, that's What kind of be, stuff you doing? It's Aaron solo stuff. Oh, so, nice. Yeah. So I guess when when Very things nice. open up and that that will be uh that'll be out finally. I've been looking forward to that for quite some time. So cool. So yeah. Yeah, I miss that guy. Got to got to hit him up. Haven't talked to him in a few months. Check I out ha- the podcast though with him oh, on it. That's well, thank you. One. Thank yeah. you. There were that was good. It was it was nice because Aaron's you know he's kind of slightly more introverted than most of us. Yeah, so it's like it's like really interesting to hear him like open up because there was part you know there was part of as uh, it's not a knock to Aaron because I love the guy who's just like okay like am I gonna have to like how much (laughs) conversation am I gonna have to wrangle out it was like usually the first eight to twelve minutes of a podcast are painful it's not painful but there's no flow and then from like minute fifteen on it's just good. And we hit that mark, and I was like, "Ah, oh, sweet, we're there." We, uh, I think, I think when me and Aaron like really first connected, we were playing this show at Mountain Creek, um, okay. campground. Uh, yeah, rocking like forty that... minutes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I think we're talking about the same thing. But, Maybe no, um, they might be different. Because I think Rocky Knob is just Rocky Knob. Yeah, it's like the place I'm talking about is about 40 minutes north of Gettysburg, or maybe 30. It's like by, I think it's close to Deer Run. Okay, yeah, I was thinking of Deer Run. Um, I think we were supposed to play a gig there with Nick, but then we got double Probably. booked. So, so we didn't, I, I don't think we actually ended up playing there. Because if I remember specifically, it was, supposed to, it was like this time last year, it was like early June, because I had just started working at the Majestic. Because I had to not, I couldn't work a production day because we were supposed to have two gigs and we only, we only ended up having one. So, roughly, I was supposed to play there roughly a year ago, like almost to the day. That's a good spot. I would definitely look into getting back there. It's just really fun. Like, you get, uh, there's like a pool and stuff, there's a bunch of campers. And, right. um, you know, we, when we played there, um, Battlefield Brewworks was vending. Okay. Uh, which was pretty cool. Um, and you basically just play outside. It like goes into the night. You know, you, you play mm-hmm. through the day and then you play into the night and then there's like a bonfire right in front of the stage. It's like a really cool scene. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah. And uh, anyway, so we um, we ended up camping out there. I was going to go home that night and then decided to stay and uh, and just hung out with Tyler and Aaron all night and got into the really deep philosophical conversations that I can barely recall. Yeah. But everyone everyone was, needs a uh, inebriated philosophical late night conversation, I feel. Yeah. It's I, it's a necessary part of life. Especially if you're a musician or an artist of any kind, you need that. Yeah. It so. it helps get the wheels turning, you know. It does. My problem is I can't stop the wheels. My brain just assumes Charlie Kelly wildcard mode and just like, we're going to cut the brake <laughs> lines on this trail of thought and just keep going. Floor it. Yeah, basically. Or uh, Blues Brothers, where he 
does all the spray epoxy on the gas pedal and the bottom of the shoe. So, would you believe I've never seen Blues Brothers? I that's one of the few movies that did not hold up in my comedy. Really? Yeah. Surprisingly enough. Man, Dan Aykroyd's great. I pro- like. I guess I'd say watch it to appreciate it, but it can definitely be a one and done comedy movie. Gotcha. Whereas, like, I could watch the other guys once a week. I think that's the most underappreciated movie of all time. That's the Will Ferrell movie. Yeah, Will Ferrell, Mark Wahlberg. There goes my hero. Can we do that Black. legally? Do we have to cut that out? <laughs> uh, I don't think I have enough of a following who would care to report. And that's good publicity, man. You know what I mean? If it gets Dave Grohl on my podcast, like I, I will sing any Foo Fighters song off key. Dave Grohl, join the podcast. Hey, Dave, if you're out there and you're listening, uh, big fan. Actually, when I was 15, you high-fived me at a Foo Fighters show in Pittsburgh. So let's talk about it. Saw them in... Uh, I went on a really, really awesome run of shows in, I think, 2015. And um, and by run of shows, it was like two shows. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I saw the Foo Fighters in D.C. at... Um, RFK. Was it the 4th of July? Yeah. I think I had... Uh, Were you we, there? No, we had family friends who went, and I wanted to go, but by the time I looked into it, I realized it was a thing, it was completely sold out. That was sick, because they... Uh, Heart played, which was really interesting. I didn't expect to see Heart, but uh, we tried to get there early, because Gary Clark Jr. had a set. Okay. And, you know, it's in 2015, so it's like... Right before anybody like really knew who Gary Clark Jr. was, I heard about him from my dad. He was like, you need to get there early to see this Yeah, guy. if you were hip and in the know. Right. And, uh, yeah, we caught, I think, the second half of Gary's set, and it was just him and a guitar, you nice. know, playing to thousands and thousands of people and absolutely crushed it, nice. of course. And then Foo Fighters were great. And then I flew out to Chicago that night. Like, literally left RFK, drove to BWI, flew to Chicago, crashed at a hotel at, like, 7 in the morning or something like that, and then went and saw the last Grateful Dead show. Impressive. At, at Soldier Field. Yeah, that was that was a weekend. I I commend you for the efforts of... I mean, because DC to Chicago is not close. No. And then we drove back. Okay. <laughs> I didn't even fly back. It's like a 10 hour drive but it was worth it i do love i do love me some live music yeah i just thought it was impressive that i went to Ramshead back-to-back nights in february nice yeah what what was the last concert you went to before everything got canceled as an attendee yeah uh thrice at Ramshead. thrice yeah they did they have a that. um album that came out in 2005 called Visu, which is an underground classic. I will, okay. I will phrase it. Um, and then it was nice because I hit up their sound guy beforehand and asked to hang out. And for me, it was cool because they're my favorite band of all time, as most people, awesome. anyone who knows me well knows. So it was just cool to talk to the guy who does what you want to do for the band that made you want to do it. That's really awesome. And then 
I went to a comedy show there the next night. And I'm not going to include that as a concert. Yeah. But I did see That's my... show, though. I got to see my favorite band and then my favorite comedian on back-to-back nights, so... Excellent. Can't top that. Except for the traffic it, uh, in that area is terrible. Yeah, right right by... Uh, you went to the Ram's Head in Annapolis or in Baltimore? Uh, in Baltimore. Yeah, right by the, uh, the power plant and... <clears throat> Yeah, yeah, well, it's hard to get anywhere. The day of the Thrice show, the sound company I work for, we went to a seminar in D.C. at the, um, oh, what the, the Kennedy Center. So I, we had to be in D.C., we had, like, the event started at, like, 9. So I stayed at my aunt's house because she kind of lives in, she lives in Elk Ridge, which is, like, between Baltimore and D.C., sort of. Um, mm-hmm. Drove to D.C. I left D.C., I left the Kennedy Center at 12.45, or not 12.45, at 2.45. I did not pull into the Ram's Head parking lot in Baltimore until 6.15. And I was like, okay. That's a long time. Yes. (laughs) I woke up today going to a live sound seminar with a very established front of house engineer to learn about one of my favorite things. And then I'm going to leave that place to go see my favorite band do what I presume to be their favorite thing, and I get to talk to the guy who does my favorite thing for said favorite band. And that amount of traffic was not worth it. So I don't know how in the hell... I don't believe you. I don't believe you. It was worth it. I mean, the day... (laughs) No, the, the, the day was great, but the traffic was awful. So I don't know if... If you go to a job that you hate, I don't know how you sit in that. Yeah. Like, I could not work at a, a CVS in L.A. Yeah, that would be awful. Because I, I couldn't imagine sitting in traffic, which I hate, and then going to just a, a job that I don't like, to then only look forward to sitting in more traffic, to then get home, to then do it again. Right. I need mountains and trees. Or mountains and desert. I just need some sort of elevated land with nothing around that I can look at. Yeah. Nice landscape. Yeah. It's beautiful. So you said earlier that you recorded a lot. How uh, How are they going? How'd they turn out? Um, Kicking it back to you. I, uh, I, didn't, I didn't do too much uh, mixing okay. with it. It's like it's mostly pretty raw. I mean, some of it's some of it's a little bit mixed in, but it's all bass. So the problem with the first album, which is going to be up on Spotify soon, um, it's called Bass Doodles for the Soul of the Move. I've got it on Bandcamp and SoundCloud. I like plugged it real quick on Facebook. So that's plug my plug it here. Plug it now. <laughs> I plug it. Talk making this not about me and more about my guests. Right on. Um, so yeah, it's uh you gotta have headphones to listen to it, but it's mostly a meditative album. Okay. Um it's pretty like I, I recorded it like pretty much at the beginning of March. Um so I was kind of just being like, All right, we're in for a long haul here. I'm gonna try and put myself in the best possible headspace I can. Right. And I decided to record everything that I did too. Um and there's like two slap tunes in there to keep people interested just in case, <laughs> you know. Everyone has a short attention span nowadays, so I made everything like a minute long, and then there's a couple in-your-face songs, but for the most, that are a little bit out of place, but the most of it, the bulk of it is like really, uh, really zen, and then the 
Um, the second and third one haven't come out yet. The third one, I kind of started experimenting with some electronic stuff. Okay. And uh, the uh, the second one is really similar to the first one, um, but it's more... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I guess it's more upbeat and it's less um, focused. Like there wasn't really a singular idea. It was kind of just like, I just want to make some cool sounds gotcha, and put yeah, them yeah. together. Yeah, the real experimental, just kind of like almost the stream of consciousness, but with an instrument and not a pen on paper. Yeah, sort of like that. I guess that's how I would word what you described. I don't know. That sounds cool. I'll I, roll with that. I, You know, sometimes I think I have a good idea, and then I get halfway through saying it, and I'm like, oh, you should have just shut up, Adam. <laughs> should have just not talked. Well, if we both just not talk, this would be really boring. It would, <laughs> or it would be the most zen podcast I've ever done. That's true. Have you ever heard 432? I think that's what the song is called. Is that the guy who just sits at the piano for four minutes and 32 <laughs> seconds? Yeah, I think we had to watch yeah. that in like sixth grade music class. I was like, what the hell is this? And then by like minute three, I was like, I think I get it. I get it, they, man. They, they asked us, we, we learned that in college, like introduction to music. And the teacher asked us, uh, you know, like, what, what do you think the point of this was? And I didn't know, like, you know, I'm 20. I was kind of a jerk. And I, I, don't, I didn't really know too much. I was just like, I think he just did it because he was like, this is my show. You got to sit through this yeah. now. <laughs> you got to sit through me not doing anything. And then, you know, then, like, she explained, it was like, it was more about, like, understanding... Um, the interaction of the sounds all around you and how that yeah. in itself is music and how you interact with that. And if you just sit there and not play anything, then in a sense, you're kind of like very connected to the sound around you. You have to learn when to not play, that's for sure. But similar to that, as we talked about uh, us both being stand-up comedy fans, I don't remember the comic who did it. It was one of those like Comedy Central presents like 30 minute blocks and there was a dude and he came out and he had his cell phone. He just walked on stage with his cell phone and he's just looking like sends a text, puts it in his pocket, like pulls a little notepad out, like flips through it, writes something down. And then he just looks up. He goes like <laughs> the, the punchline was something along the lines of, yeah, like you guys all get to work right away when you show up. Like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> Dry, but sassy. Valid point. Great joke. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's excellent. So it was obviously not four minutes of that, but. That yeah. made me think of when, uh, of when Maynard went on stage and during the, I'm sure you've seen this video on the, the Know Your Enemy yep. cover and he like sings his line and then like whips out his cell phone and like <laughs> starts texting somebody while he's walking off stage. <laughs> he's such a. <laughs> I would give anything to sit down and have a conversation with that guy. He's an interesting guy. If I sure. could sit down with only two people simultaneously, it would be Maynard and Bill Murray. At the same time? Yeah. That would be cool. And I just want to observe what would happen. Because I feel like they both have that sort of weird, almost detached narrative style about their personality. Right. Where they're definitely in tune with. Yeah. Um, something beyond that. 
I just think that would be, it would just be interesting to observe them. There's a, uh, a YouTube video called like the philosophy of Bill Murray or something, or the psychology of Bill Murray. Check that out. It's, it's a good watch. The premise of it is that Bill Murray's not playing a character in his movies. He's just, he's Bill Murray as something else. I was like, I never right. thought of it that way. He's just always himself. Yeah, I think that was a different movie. Yeah, I think that was my problem going through school is that I just watched way too many Bill Murray movies at an early age. So I was like, I'm just going to sit back detached from everything and just say my observations out loud. And if anybody laughs, cool. And if they don't, I'm whatever. <laughs> whatever works. Bad jokes typically work, at least in my opinion. Uh, my opinion, my approach, I don't know. I'm at a loss. Now I'm thinking about myself. Yeah, I've been trying not to do that. That's the worst. I think I've had too much time to just sit and think about me, which is not good. Yeah, me too. It's just like all, I think like one of one of my biggest problems is that I sit here and instead of like remembering like all the cool, fun stuff that I've done in my life, I can just think about like every bad decision I've ever made, yep. like every, every dumb thing I've ever said, you know. The uh, comedian Kyle Kinane, who's my favorite, he does a bit. I think on his album called I Liked His Old Stuff Better, where he talked about like when he moved to L.A., he didn't understand why people would go to therapy to find about repressed memories. He's like, I can't, I can't go to the cabinet in my kitchen after I wake up to get a bowl of cereal without thinking about that, like the nine terrible decisions I made as a child. He's like, and you're <laughs> paying someone to find out about that? Go Go F yourselves. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, check that one. That that bit's solid. Who was it? Uh Kyle Kinane. Kyle Kinane. Yeah, he uh he was the like the narrative voice for Comedy Central for a while. I'm sure if you heard it, his voice is pretty distinct. Um and then I saw him in February. It was a kind of a birthday gift to myself. Worth it. Hilarious. Comedy shows are weird to go to though. I have never been to a comedy show. I appreciate the art form of it when it's good. I don't like stand-up comedy voice, though. If you know what I mean. Like, you can't listen to, like, a record? Like, you have to see the guy? No, I, I listen to the, the comedians I like, but what, there's this, like... In my opinion, there's there's the the top dogs in comedy who all have their kind of unique persona and approach to it. So obviously, like, Burt Kreischer's on another level, Bill Burr, Dave Chappelle. Like, I would put Kyle Kinane in that level, too. Nice. But I, I just hate all of those, the, like, what's going on here? Right, the like, YouTube personalities? Yeah, like, that weird, like, high-pitched questioning... This is a... This, this, me using this voice insinuates that this is a joke. I like, yeah, I like Gaffigan, though. Gaffigan does that, but I'm a big Gaffigan fan. He's the Hot Pockets guy. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I know I know you're talking about You're it. trying I, to formulate an opinion on the fly? I'm trying to think of his voice. Because I think he just has a slightly higher-pitched voice. Basically, what I'm saying it's is... Weird. I hate anyone who's not Seinfeld who does the Seinfeld-esque delivery to their jokes. Okay. Okay. I, 
It took me three minutes of rambling to get to that point, but that's the point I'm trying to make. Whereas, like, all the dudes that I mentioned, it's the same thing with music for me. Whereas, I, I like pretty much every genre of music out there, but I my artist selection in each genre is very, very narrow. Right. Because like, I don't want to listen to something that kind of sounds like whomever. I want to listen to whomever it is that I like. Right. So I'm the same way with comedy. Who you been listening to recently? Musically or comedically? Musically. Ooh, getting into the last segment of my... I always ask people what they're into. Oh. <laughs> oh, it's all good. Um, I don't know. I've been... This quarantine kind of started off as like a weird rediscovery. Like I was in a pretty heavy like grunge phase, which I shied away from from years just because we all have that one ex-partner who just ruins a certain band or style of music for you because yeah. all you think of you, is you just, that person. Right. Like you could be, and it was the case for me, like, over that relationship for years, but you hear that one band or that one song and it just takes you. And I think it's because I'm a musician and an audio guy. Like, music's obviously very important to me. So I relate heavily to it. So when I hear something that was played heavily during something that I don't necessarily care to think about all the time. Right. And it's just, it uh, triggers. It's it's something that like brings so much out of you emotionally too. Yeah. Like makes that surface, you know? Yeah. So I started this quarantine pretty kind of taking the power back with all the grunge stuff. And then that kind of went away. I went on a Weezer kick the other week. Because I went to Target when the public opened up again, and I saw the Blue Album on vinyl, so I bought it. I was like, this is a sick sick find for Target. Nice. But other than that, it's just a hodgepodge of whatever I'm kind of feeling that day. I think I listened to In the Air Tonight by Phil Collins like six times yesterday. <laughs> Love that song. No complaints. Fan, so. It's, dude, it, I think... If... If someone has, oh, if if you don't like that song, if I, I've said it to a lot of people, like if you have a problem with Phil Collins, you have a problem with yourself. Because I am building, I'm building acoustic panels for like framing them out. You know, it's a absorb sound in the room that you see behind me. And I bought, I wanted to drill holes out of the frame to kind of make them lighter because I'm going to suspend a couple. Okay. And I had. Just not the album face value, but just the single of In the Air Tonight in my pocket while I'm, like, using a drill press. And I was, like, catching a flow. So that's why I listened to it six times in a row. And it was, like, 20 minutes later, and I was like, I should probably pick another song to listen to. (laughs) I'm a huge Phil Collins fan, but this is is a bit much. (laughs) Yeah, I've been listening to uh, Redundant a lot. The Green Day song. Okay. I don't know. It just seems like very applicable to... I I went on a Green Day and U2 kick early on in the quarantine, too. I think it was right after I started doing this podcast, because Phoenix and I went through our musical histories, and the American Idiot record was so important to me when I was, me too. When I was younger. I, and that, then, that wasn't such a controversial record like between yeah, and friend then, groups, you know what I mean? Well, yeah, but then you had to be cool and be like, it's not 
Green Day sucks. And I listened to it <laughs> yeah. with an educated perspective. I was like, this is one of the greatest sounding records ever. Yeah, I agree. And then they completely. did that song for they did that song for Hurricane Katrina with you too. So the Saints sick. are coming. And I listened to that a lot. And then I got into you too. It's cool. Now I'm gonna have oh. to listen to that now when this is over. That's happening. The Green Day record? Oh yeah. The, the, well, I've listened to that a million times. I will listen to it again after this. But the the Saints mar- go marching. Yeah. The live one's okay, but the the studio recording of that, if it's just good. it's good. I remember when that came out. I was in fourth grade because I saw it on TV. They played it on Monday Night Football. I was like, this is fucking awesome. Well, I didn't use that word at. 10, yeah, but yeah. whatever the. But tenure. it was also, uh, um, like Green Day was like at their peak at that point too. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. That was probably what two thousand five. When did Hurricane Katrina hit? Two thousand four, two thousand five. It would have been oh five, I think. Okay, yeah, that was like peak Green Day, from our lives. Because we weren't really adults when Dookie came out, which I guess was their kind of first. Right. I don't know. I can't speculate it. I wasn't there. Yeah. But yeah, I'm kind of, I'm over being the cool, like, I need to feel the need to like justify what I'm listening to or why I like it. If I like it, it's cool. I don't really care. Because if someone calls me out on it, I, at this point, probably know more about audio and production than they do that I can explain stuff that they can't understand and I'll seem smart. So it's a win-win. <laughs> or you can just make stuff up. I Sometimes I do that. If some, <laughs> I, Someone who knew nothing about music and audio like called me out on something and I was just like, listen, that is one of the best kick drum tones you are ever going to hear. And I like, find me a better kick drum tone. It was a pretty <laughs> Something average, it was, so subjective, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was a pretty average kick drum tone, but I just didn't like this person. So I just, like, I ripped it apart. And they're like, this, is this what you think about all the time? I was like, yes. For the most part. We were, we're doing the, uh, the new Jack's Hard Cider place. Mm-hmm. We're yeah, doing... But, uh... That's by the outlets? Yeah, they took the old movie theater there. And it's going to be this whole building. Anyway, I'm up on a ladder installing a ceiling speaker, and they're using the industrial, like, wrap stuff to send out, like, a pallet of cider. And I'm like, oh, man, them tearing that, uh, like, the the plastic around the thing. is like, that sounds like lasers. Like, if I put that through, like, a flanger, that's definitely, like, an old-school sci-fi laser sound. I never would have thought of that. Like I, the stuff that goes through sound engineers' heads. It's I, like, oh, that sound. My coworker looked at me. He's like, you need a hobby that's not music and audio related. I was like, a skateboard. Yeah, there you go. You you need Adam, you need to get out more. Okay. I'm out in public now. It's great. Working. Other than redundant, what have you been listening to, though? I'll call that your um, one song. You still have four to go, and I still have four to go. I'm going to put The Saints Are Coming as my my one song. Okay. Um, there, uh, There's this song, there's this artist that I listen to a lot. Anybody that um, has talked to me a good bit, I've probably 
tried to show him this artist because he's he's pretty underground, but he's he's gathered like a really big following over the course of like the last year and a half, maybe. Um, and he's got an album coming out soon. Um, they're called uh, Will Wood and the Tapeworms. He just goes by Will Wood now. Okay. Uh, he's a keyboard player. That I've seen these guys in concert. I think four times. The best way to describe them is the closest thing you will ever see nowadays to queen like in terms of just outright entertainment factor on a stage okay if that may and i know that's a really bold thing to say but that's like i love this band man they're great and uh the they came out with a single called love me normally um love comma me normally um and that's on spotify right now um if you want to check that out at some point highly recommend I will. I make a playlist of all the music that's talked about. Except for I didn't do it for the last episode that I released. Oh, well. I forgot. Are we going to alternate, or do you want to go your remaining uh, ones? Uh, Yeah, let's see. Um, Let's alternate, because I got I to gotta brainstorm. I know. I got to think, too. Okay, so I said The Saints Are Coming by U2 and Green Day first. Uh... So we're doing this install. Uh, this is going to get to my song. Um, and my boss, Bob, keeps singing about punching Keanu Reeves. I was like, why would you want to punch Keanu Reeves? He seems like one of the most like genuine dudes. And apparently, not apparently, there's a Netflix rom-com called Always Be My Maybe. I haven't watched it yet. But it is the guy who played Kim Jong-un in the interview. He also played Asian Jim for that prank bit in The Office. Okay. And I guess in this rom-com, the girl he wants to date is like a celebrity chef or something. And at some point in the movie, she is dating Keanu Reeves, who's played by Keanu Reeves. And then the main character guy and Keanu Reeves apparently get in a fight. So then he writes a song about getting in a fight with Keanu Reeves. And it's called uh, I Punched Keanu Reeves by Hello Pearl. Pearl. (laughs) P-E-R-I-L. Definitely check it out. It is earwormy and groovy and hilarious. It's an easy song title to remember. Don't, yeah. uh, Listen to the song, but if you ever encounter... Keanu Reeves, don't punch him because he seems just... He would be at my table of dudes I'd want to hang out with. Be Bill Murray, Maynard James Keenan. We'll get to the songs and and then we're going to do... I don't know if you've ever seen it pop up on the internet when it's like if you could have a dinner party with eight guests, like you and eight or nine guests, we'll do that next. That's a fun game. Dylon, 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 (laughs) Dylon. And then three other guys. (laughs) Just... uh, We'll get through the songs first, because... <clears throat> uh, well, I guess I'll, I'll go to uh, Limb by Limb by Fish, just because it's, like, super relevant. I actually did a cover with um, my friend Ethan Stauffer. Um, he's a Gettysburg guy. He lives, like, outside of Philly now. And uh, okay. his friend, Chris Fox, on the drums, uh, they've got a YouTube page called Fish at Home. Right. And, uh, yeah, Word. that's a good one. All right. uh, limb by limb. Check that out. Kicking it back to me. I'm going to go Bomb Track by Rage Against the Machine. Nice. 
Excellent. Yeah. I since the uh, the chaos has been happening, I've been playing a lot of Rage Against the Machine. I actually seen... was too, right off the beginning. Oh like, yeah, it was lots it was like of it. All the wake albums up, specifically. Just That's lots of wake one. up on it was, repeat. It was bomb <laughs> bomb track and know your enemy on on repeat. Because I did nice. the episode I'm going to publish on Friday for this podcast. I recorded not this past Sunday, but the Sunday before. So it was like right when things kind of started like peaking as far as like stuff's kind of worse than we thought it was as far as social issues are going. Uh, so everything I did that day and the day after really just felt pointless. So all I did was like I built audio equipment, not equipment but audio treatment for my room and blasted rage against the machine it felt nice. great <laughs> gotta get the energy out oh you have to that's a good way to do it your Back turn sir yeah all right uh legend the whole album the whole compilation album from bob marley okay that has been um no matter what kind of headspace you're in in any regard there is a song on that record for you. All right. I uh if you play Hey Ya by Outcast, no matter how my mood is, it will automatically elevate me into happy for the duration of that song. So I'm gonna put Hey Ya by Outcast as one of my songs. Yeah. My mom and I danced that at uh, her wedding when she married my stepdad, so it will forever be it's weird being seven and dancing with your mom to a song about one night stands. I admit that fact. Right, yeah. But anyone who wants to judge me for that will we'll sit down and have a conversation about why you shouldn't, because it's a good song. Outcast, severely underrated by the average music listener. Not un- uh, underrated and underappreciated. They're great through and through. Their entire discography is fantastic. I'll have to give them another listen. You won't regret it. Um, what are we on? Are we on four or five? I've said so far... Saints are coming. I punched Keanu Reeves. Yeah, this is five. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because I think I love me normally, limb by limb, all of Legend by Bob Marley. And then I said something else. There was something else. In I don't remember. Luckily, I, don't I can either. go back and listen to this and yeah. make the playlist. Well, just edit it with like a robot voice of me saying that, you know, whatever the song is. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been listening to a lot of live streams, like a lot of the stuff that musicians are putting up on just doing Facebook and YouTube and stuff. Yeah. Like, honestly, like, um, like probably like the jaunty lit David Sparrow and Nick Andrew Staver are represent. Yeah, for sure. Um, like those guys specifically have, have done a really, really good job with putting, um, entertainment out there. Um, yeah, and I'm incredibly grateful for all of them. Um, but if I had to pick one more song, um, "All Reliable" Lateralis has been okay, pretty helpful at least over the last day because it's just the album or weird. just the sing the single. Yeah. Oh, oh, for sure. Yeah, that record, that band in general has been Fear very Inoculum? crucial. I love it. Yeah. Oh, it's great. People hate it. I think Fear Inoculum, off of Fear Inoculum, might be my favorite Tool song. 
it's up there. It's really up there. Like probably top five for me. You know who really, really hates it is Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Really oh, oh yeah, I imagine. Yeah. She's well. I don't know if she hates it or if most of her hardcore fans hate it. Yeah, that's true. I feel like she'd be chill about it. I mean, yeah. Like, what are you but gonna I, do? It's like the biggest cult band of all time, and they finally oh, proved sure. that. So. Oh yeah, I saw them live in November. It was great. Nice. That was at Hershey. Uh no, it was at the. Um, Capital One in D.C. Whatever their hockey arena is. I think that, yeah, I think that is what it is. I think it's Capital One. Yeah, it was my Christmas gift from my mom. It was awesome. Nice. On the floor, right next to the front of house area, so my nerd self could... Well, I tried to look over, but if you if you even got close to there, like, someone was giving you the evil eye of, like, you should probably back up, sir. <laughs> That's nice that nobody, like, forced you to do anything, though. It's just like, hey, you might want to... If you yeah. know what's good for you. <laughs> I just want to see what kind of, like, console you're doing. Because usually when I go to shows, like, even if I know what's up, I'll go up to the sound guy and just, I'll feel it out. Like, I don't ever say, hey, I'm an audio guy, because most audio guys in the live realm get tired of the audio guy who approaches them. Okay, that makes sense. So I'll, I'll do, like, I'll roll up cool, be like, hey, dude, like, I love the vocal sound you're getting. Like, what what are you using yeah, just if, for the, just go right into the conversation. They'll get the picture right away, you know. Yeah, that or I ask them politely if uh, after the show I can chat for a little bit. I just write, I type up on my phone, just like, "Hey, dude, I I work in live productions too. You're doing a great job. Would it be cool to chat for five minutes after the show?" Yeah. Usually they say yes. Talk some shop. You got to. I want to learn as much as I can. You've been to the nine thirty club? I have not. Um, you would really like that because the sound guy is like right in the center of the room. Okay. So like I went and saw Litz and the Marcus King band play there. Um, and I was just right behind the sound guy for all of Marcus King's set. And when I say right behind the sound guy, I mean, I was just like staring at his Ableton, looking <laughs> at all the moves that he's making. <laughs> like, and I was like watching that almost as much as I was watching the show because I was like, yeah, you know, I just started getting really into that stuff. I'm like, how is he like making everything sound the way that yeah. he is? You know, it's for me, it's great to watch because I always learn something because like when they make a move, I can obviously hear it. I'm like, OK, well, like they, they finally got the snare drum in the right place in the mix. But with the hectic nature of a live event, I don't always have enough like focus to just be like, Oh, that's how they do it. So if I can see the dude work, it could be like, oh, that's fucking sneaky. I like it. But okay, so for my fifth song, I'm going to say Fear Inoculum. There you we're going to get a double, double dose of nine-minute Tool songs to end the playlist. <laughs> All right, so if you had to play poker and just shoot the shit with eight people from any point in history. Chris Ferguson. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm trying to win money. No, I'm just kidding. It's not about that. It's about the time. Um no, yeah, like not not like a World Series of poker game, but just like if you're going to have a a whatever your maximum amount of money you're willing to lose and still be friends with someone is, you're going to play that amount or below it. Okay. <laughs> um well, I'll start with the easy ones, probably Maynard. Um yep. Maynard. Um Lamar Jackson, because okay. why wouldn't you? Fred um, represent MVP, baby. Oh, yeah. 
Um, who else we got here? Uh, probably Brady Anderson. Big okay. Orioles fan, and Brady was one of my favorite people to watch growing up. I, too, um, am a Baltimore sports fan, so sweet. we have that in common. Uh, probably Billy Joe Armstrong. I am crazy diehard Green Day fan. It's weird. I will, uh, but yeah, that is a thing about me. Both fun fact. Closeted big Green Day fans like sweet. it. Sweet. Are you? Are you? Do you dig their newer stuff? Uh, or, depends like, on I, depends on the album. Like I like I like a lot of Uno. I like a lot of Dose Trey. I don't really listen to very often. Um, I didn't really listen to the what was it? The one with the radio on the front. I wasn't too big a I fan was, of most of they, them. They they lost me after when like from was it twenty first century breakdown on? Yeah, that was like when Uno Dos Trey came out. Was after that. I liked twenty first century breakdown. Like there's, there's a, a couple, lot of. I remember there was a couple good songs on that. Yeah, there's a few bangers like before the lobotomy. I really like. I think that's a really good song. I have to go I back s- and give it more of a educated I, I don't know enough to say that i don't like it i just haven't listened to it because that from that era of them on just kind of fell flat well i'll focus on that one real quick just because i actually think that's a really good album and a lot of i've heard that opinion voice a lot where it's like they lost me after american idiot you know what i mean mm-hmm. um, oh yeah i'm that guy but specifically 21st century breakdown like it's genuinely a pretty good album. It's a, you know, the singles on it got like super overplayed. Like yeah. 21 Guns specifically. It's like mm-hmm. I can't listen to that song anymore cuz it's can't, just dude, like even, always on the radio and I was like as, I can't. <laughs> for as great as American Idiot is, every time Wake Me Up when September ends comes on, I'm just like, "And heard it. Get next." <laughs> yeah, like even album, like, I'll listen to the album front to back and sometimes I just like, "Nah." Eh. And I have it yeah, on vinyl, wait, wait. and it's like, oh, I just got to move the needle. No. <laughs> <sighs> Don't want to scratch it, but I think if I force enough air towards the needle, it'll just go to the next song. <laughs> All right, that's three. Yeah, I don't... But yeah, Peacemaker and Before the Lobotomy, probably my Ooh, two favorite. Peacemaker, yeah, I remember liking that song. Yeah, I th- I think the problem with that album was just American Idiot is one of definitively, I don't care who you are, it is one of the greatest albums of all time, R- regardless of genre. So how do you follow that? True. It's hard to do. Yeah, you do what Tool did, and you don't play for eighteen years or whatever yeah. it was. Don't make a record for thirteen years or something. Thirteen? Right. I think it's thirteen. Two thousand six came out in twenty nineteen. Yeah, thirteen years. Yeah. So let people want it, but then also kind of forget. I don't know. I think people just didn't like the new record because we've had... For people who are in our age group, we never discovered new Tool. So when we discovered music from Tool that was new to us, it had already been out there. You know what I mean? Right. Because you're slightly... You were, what year were you born? 92. Okay, I was born in 96. Okay. So we're ballpark the same age. Yeah. Um, Like 10,000 Days came out when I was in fifth grade, so. Yeah, I didn't hear 10,000 Days until I was probably 14. 
Yeah, I had I literally was... never heard of this band until one of my friends showed me Sober, and uh, yeah. I think I was 14, and then I got hyper addicted after, mm, yeah. like almost immediately. <laughs> I tried listening to them because I would get Modern Drummer magazines when I was in middle school, and everyone would always like. Danny Carey from Tools, like one of the best drummers ever, and I would try to listen to it. I'm just like, it didn't make sense to my early teenage brain. That would make sense though. Is like, when did you start playing drums? I was, uh, I would say, serious, like taking them. Like, I I got a kit when I was like really really little. Uh, one of my aunt's friends, like. Uh, rented out a room from my grandparents' house when I was like really little, like four or five, I think. Um, and he left his drum kit, and I would play it. But then it got boxed up, so I think I started playing drums when I was like twelve. Okay. Seventh grade. So that would make sense then, because it's like if you didn't start playing until you were like twelve, and that's like about the same age I started playing. Two years after tenth, so I started. I probably started playing drums in two thousand and eight. Yeah. So you're thinking like mostly like. I got to hold a beat. I got to keep this 4-4 four, four going. And then it's like you listen to Danny Carey, and it's like, and what play is that going beat from 9 as, well, to when, <laughs> Yeah. Well, one, I couldn't musically comprehend it. I, it's still hard for me to musically comprehend now. But back then, it was all about, like, when, especially drummers, like, the only thing they care about is speed when they first get into drums. Like, who can play the fastest? <laughs> and obviously, Danny Carey's not, like, doing blast beats or fast Travis Barkery, flashy punk rock stuff. So I was like, yeah, he doesn't get it. And now when Tool finally clicked, I was like, oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's probably one of the best of all time. Yeah. Rosetta Stone, one of the best yeah. drum tracks I've ever heard in my life. There's, I'm fairly certain that's also not done to a click track. I would believe that. Because I, I think I watched, a drum, that. I watched a drum cover of it where... Um, the dude was like, yeah, like I tempo mapped every bar of the song and it swings between like, sometimes it's like 81 beats per minute or sometimes it's 84 beats per minute. So, I mean, they could have done it to a click and it could have alternated every bar if they were that detailed about it. But it's, yeah, it's insane. Sometimes I find it's easier to not play to the click, like just let it go right away and then, you know. Um, Do the count in, like, you know, you have your eight count and then you mute it. Yeah, and then just listen back, and it's like, if you nailed it, you nailed it. If you didn't, you didn't. Just do it again, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, if, everyone, if everyone in the band is really, really tight, that approach is very good. But if it's a hodgepodge of playing abilities all on the same project, the click track is definitely Or if you're needed. getting, like, studio guys... You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if you're getting studio guys to come in and play with you, then it's like, I just want to make sure that I'm locked in. Because mm-hmm. it makes, you know, especially right now where you got to email everything to do any kind of collaborating. It's like, you got to make yeah. sure that you're on point. Yeah, for sure. And it does make certain production elements easier. Like, if I want to sync up a delay, like a vocal delay, I don't have to tap it out and do all this... Uh, automation to the the timing of the delay. I can just set it to a quarter note, and it'll follow the tempo ma- the tempo map in Pro Tools. That makes sense. So, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. 
So yeah, Danny Carey would also be at that table. <laughs> yep. Um, easy four. Um, probably Victor Wooten. Very, very zen. Incredible player. Oh, yeah. Uh, who else we got in there? Um, hmm. Take your time. I'll edit out the silence. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I think I'm at six. Yeah. Dave Chappelle would have to be at that table. Uh, living, everyone has to be alive. Uh, no, it could have been at any point through history. Carlin. I would definitely want to talk to George right. Carlin. That's fair. All right. Eight. Eight people I would play poker with. All right. Uh, Maynard Bill Murray, as we discussed. Kyle Kinane. Joe Rogan? Probably. That would be fun. Uh, Keith Buckley of Every Time I Die. Their front man. He's one of my heroes. Dustin Kensrue, who's the front man of Thrice, would probably be at my table as well. And then my eighth one. Ooh, that's tough. I'm trying to not keep it like drummer. Like I, I would almost have to do like a separate drummer table apart from other yeah. people. You know what I mean? That's what I was thinking because I was like, I threw Victor in there because I was like, I have to have like some bass player in here, right? And it's like, you got to pick one. It's got to be Vic. And the problem is, is if I put one drummer in there, I'm going to disregard everybody else. Yeah. I feel you. I, Mel Brooks? I'm going to put Mel Brooks. That will be a good one. As my, as my eighth. Keep it comedic and somehow insightful. I'm a drummer, but I love I love front men and vocalists and good lyricists. I'm a bassist, but I like drummers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's good. They're they're your your rhythm section buddy. Cool. You wanna uh, you wanna keep going, or you wanna wrap it up? We're we're at the hour mark. I see. I think you got food delivered to you. Yeah, I so. just I just had pizza handed to me. Um, All right. So I have not eaten in a while. So. I, I rushed home from the studio today and threw down some dinner and then ran down here to invite you to this podcast. Thank you. So I will let you have dinner now. Thank you. Ah, no, dude, thank you for coming on. And it was good to actually finally sit down and chat, not in a, uh, not in between sets or one of us getting off stage so the other one can then go on stage. Right. <laughs> Definitely. Good to actually sit down and talk. I know. Uh, next time we'll do it in person when everyone's feeling comfortable with the world operating at a normal normal degree of operation Oper operating at a normal degree of operation i like that <laughs> very redundant let's go with that yeah i'm gonna go nice with that. Call, all right as always i will end it with do what you love love what you do travel light and don't be a dick I think if you adhere to that, you'll be pretty good to go in life. Good advice. All right, man. I'm going to end this.
and uh, we'll do another one in person. Sounds good. Have a good night, man. You too.